This episode of Missy Unfiltered is brought to you by Pizza Rock Las Vegas. Once upon a time, my best friend dangled a needle over my wrist. If it spun in a circle, I'd have a baby girl one day. If it swung back and forth, a boy. My needle went in a circle and then started to go back and forth. She said that meant I was going to have twins. One boy and one girl. That was the moment I decided that I wanted twins. Fast forward 15 years or so to when I started dating my husband. The same friend did the needle test on him. And I don't know if it works on guys or not, but he got the same result. That's when he told me that twins run in his family somewhere. That's the moment we were set on twins. For years, we tried to get pregnant. I was getting to that age where I was getting serious baby fever and many of my friends were starting to get pregnant. And I'm sure we could have tried for a few more years, but scheduling sex with my husband, tracking ovulation, it was getting really annoying and we were getting really discouraged. We decided to speak with a fertility doctor to see if there was anything that could be keeping us from conceiving. And I highly recommend doing this if you're seriously considering getting pregnant. The tests that they do for the women are super uncomfortable. And I'd honestly say that was probably the worst part. Shooting dye into my fallopian tubes, yeah, never again. And removing polyps from my uterus, ugh, also miserable. Sorry for any guys that are listening to this. I'm sure you don't want to hear it. <laughs> but between Hubs and I, we had enough issues that made our chances of getting pregnant pretty low. My IVF journey was a blessing compared to some of the stories that I've heard. Needles don't really bother me, so the endless amount of shots that I had to give myself really weren't much to complain about. My hormones were much worse through IVF than pregnancy. I will say that. IVF really isn't the worst thing in the world, but the price tag is pretty high, especially since it's not a guarantee that it'll even work. We decided to try it since we were in a financial position to do so, but we also decided that we were not in a position to do it more than once and that we would probably just implant two embryos just in case only one would take. We knew that there was a possibility that both embryos could take or split or neither would take. And even on my hardest days of parenting twins, and there are many, <laughs> I never think that I've, I should have only implanted one. And I know I didn't get the boy girl that I was set on. I actually would just say that I didn't want two girls anytime anyone would ask, but now I couldn't imagine having a boy at all. I've heard people say that you don't know true happiness until you become a parent. That's not entirely true. I know plenty of people that are pretty fucking happy without screaming, shitting babies. What is true is that the love you have for your own children, you can't explain. It, but it comes with worry and stress, overwhelming daily defeat, and lack of sleep. I am very lucky in the sense that my husband is a morning person and has always been the first to jump up for Miss Evelyn, who wakes up with the fucking birds every day. Me, on the other hand, I am like Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, who she was named after, who is a crab ass when woken up by her sister. I was pregnant when I turned 30. For me, I think that was the perfect age to become a parent. 
And I think everyone has their own personal perfect timing for having kids. I tell my friends without kids to wait as long as they possibly can, because once you have children, your life changes completely. Some things are definitely for the better, but some of the changes, they're not for everyone at that moment. Not everyone will have a planned pregnancy like I did, but when you have children before you're ready or you have children with someone who might not necessarily be the best parent to co-parent with, you could face huge challenges in raising your kids. And some of the biggest problems with families are people who think that they need to get married or force a relationship to work just because they have children. And you're stuck in these relationships with people you didn't even really like that much in the beginning because <laughs> you think that's what's best for the kids. You know, I've seen plenty of divorced parents raise children in a healthy environment that made it work. Stop thinking that you, having kids will fix your relationship or that getting married is the right thing to do. I went back to work after six weeks of maternity leave, less than a week after Evelyn was released from the NICU. For those that don't know, Evie had a diaphragmatic hernia and needed surgery at just three days old. I made it to 36 weeks during pregnancy, but somewhere around week 20 is when we found out that she had a mass on or near her lungs. That mass ended up being her intestines that made their way up through her diaphragm. I don't know how my husband and I made it through those five weeks. For anyone that has ever had a baby born premature or needing surgery, it's fucking awful. I feel like during that time, my brain was scrambled eggs. I was dealing with recovering from my C-section, trying to love the baby that I could hold and fighting for the one that I couldn't. I was terrified of loving Aurora too much, knowing that Evelyn was still sedated. I gave birth at 1.30 and 1.31 p.m., and I will never tell them which baby was born first. That was a little twin mom advice I got long ago. I didn't get to meet Aurora until after midnight that night. She was also in the NICU for the day because she was premature. That night, my doctor told me that I couldn't go see Evelyn in the NICU until I was able to walk on my own. And you can bet your ass I was up and on my way at that moment. But seeing your baby sedated in a box with wires in her belly button and tubes in her nose and her mouth, I don't know if it was the drugs that I was on for my C-section or not, but it was a numbing disbelief that I was looking at my baby girl. I knew at that moment I needed to be stronger than I ever knew how to be because I really didn't have any other choice. Evie's surgery came and went. It was successful, but those few hours while the doctors opened up her little belly, that was only the beginning of a really long road. Aside from waiting days for her to come out of sedation and open her eyes, and then days after that to be able to hold her for the first time, we couldn't even take her home until she could finish all of her bottle feeds for 48 hours straight. Sounds easy, right? Wrong. <laughs> the NICU for babies that are no longer at high risk, they only have one nurse for seven babies. One nurse that is on a very strict feeding schedule with an allotted 30 minutes for each baby. That means Evelyn, who didn't know how to feed from a bottle, was given a 30-minute window to figure it out, or they were giving the rest of her milk through a tube. I was home with Aurora during this time, and Chris was working, so luckily for us, we were able to utilize the Ronald McDonald room at the hospital, and we could bring Aurora with us and take turns going in and out of the NICU to visit Evelyn, but... Once they were out of my belly, they weren't together again until they were five weeks old because Aurora couldn't go in and see her. 
somewhere in this five week period, we became really frustrated with one of the doctors. The original doctor that we had dealt with in the NICU, she was really good at communicating everything with us, but there's so many doctors rotating and sharing patients. And then this guy came in and decided to switch the medication and he refused to take her tube out when we had already made plans with the other doctor to do so. We knew she was ready to come home and if we could just get her in our care, she would learn to drink from her bottle and she would be fine. Her and her sister needed each other. Thank God one of my very good friends is a nurse at that hospital and warned me that if we took her home against medical advice, we would risk our insurance not covering any of her care. Of course, that dickhead doctor didn't give us the heads up on that when we told her we wanted to take him home. So Hubs and I made a decision. Between both of us, we would spend 48 hours making sure she finished her bottle feeds. That's eight bottles a day for two days straight. We would stay at the hospital, switch, care for Aurora. He would still go to work and we would make sure she ate. We fucking did it. I posted the first picture of the twins together, dad holding them in their car seats. I refused to post any pictures of the babies until they were reunited. I didn't want the world to know Aurora without her sister, and I didn't want them to see Evelyn as anything other than the strong little fighter that she was. Bringing Evie home was the second happiest day of becoming parents. We were so scared because up until that point, we only knew how to care for one baby. So the late night feeds with two babies, plus me trying to keep up with my milk supply and pumping... We were like robot zombie people, and it's literally all a fucking blur. For anyone who is in this phase of parenting, you will get through it, and then you won't even remember it. I promise. I'm very lucky that my husband is a great dad. When I said I was a crab ass when the babies wake up too early, I was telling the truth. I didn't mention the fact that my husband is always the first one up when a baby cries. I don't even hear them. I don't even move. Even through all those nights of sleep training, he was in and out of the twins' room at least three or four times before finally saying, okay, it's your turn now. (laughs) He has run on four hours of sleep or less, going to barber school, working, and waking up with whoever was first. And I have to note again, it was usually Evelyn at five o'clock because she's a little shit. But we're slowly creeping up to that 6 a.m., 7 a.m. window, so it's finally getting better. Being a mom or being a twin mom is by far the hardest, but the most gratifying thing in the world. Each day is a challenge. Each day, one of the girls says something or does something new, and I can't help but to quote Dave Chappelle on this. Remember when he said, you used to live in my balls, and now you're out here making macaroni necklaces and shit? (laughs) And that's how I feel when I look at the kids. And everyone always says that the twins' first word was gonna be fuck. And I'd laugh and say like, oh, as long as they use it in the right context. And man, if you would have seen the surprised and pride-filled look on my face when Aurora dropped her toy and said, oh, fuck. (laughs) By the way, it's true what they say. Kids repeat everything. (laughs) When I look at my girls, I know they are looking back at me with the purest form of love. They don't look at me and see the stress I'm feeling or see how defeated I am from life that day. They don't know how I feel like a failure in so many ways because all I'm trying to do is give them a good life and some days it's really fucking hard. And it's those moments when Aurora holds her little hand up to my face and says, I love you, mama. Or when Evelyn says, love you, mommy. That's when I know that I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through all this shit that life is throwing at me and we're all going to be okay. You can hear me when
when it's over, what's up? You can hit me when it's over, what's up?